Welcome to the Hybrid Pub Scout Podcast with me, Emily Einelander. We're mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing, and today I'm speaking with Troy Lambert, Education Lead at Plotter. Plotter is the popular visual book outlining and story Bible software used by nearly 20,000 writers, plotters, and pantsers alike. Plotter lets you easily arrange and rearrange your scenes, plots, and character arcs so you can quickly find your way to the end of your tale. No corkboard required. Welcome, Troy. Thanks, and thanks for having me. That's a wonderful <laughs> introduction of Plotter. I love the no corkboard required. I yes. do, too. That's really, that's really cute. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? All right. Well, so I'm Troy Lambert. I'm besides... I'm the education lead at Plotter, which means I write words, not code. I teach people how to use Plotter. Um, I didn't create it, um, but I know a lot about the creation of it. Um, and uh, But I'm also an author. I'm an author of over 30 books now, thanks to my successful Nano this year. Um, and nonfiction and fiction, along with I've had several ghostwriting books, too. We won't talk about that. It'd be a long story, a whole different podcast. Um <laughs> Uh, but anyway, and so um, that's kind of me. I live in the mountains of Idaho with my wife and two very talented dogs. Sometimes they write my blog post for me, um, and I don't think it shows. I don't think there's any difference. So. <laughs> I used to write um, horror uh, movie reviews, and I did at least two from the point of view of my dog because he would react so strongly to them. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you can I have that it. one. <laughs> <laughs> be like well this this is my dog approved movie right there you go (laughs) all right so um tell me what the inspiration was for plotter and how it started out and developed over time please so um actually the inspiration for plotter came from cameron sutter who's the guy who developed it and he's a writer as well so he he's but he's a software developer by day and so he developed the software to help him with his own writing essentially he was like this is something that i need to help organize my writing um but the more people that saw it they were like you should sell that and so he brought it to a writers conference in i believe it was like 2017 something like that and my friend and my and mine and i were there and um my friend said you got to come in the dealer room and buy this software and so i looked at it literally for under five minutes and bought it um, because I was like, okay, this, I think this could really help me because I was picturing my office with the f- aforementioned cork board and <laughs> whiteboard and the strings that were push pins <laughs> between note cards. And, and so I was picturing all this and I'm looking at the software. I'm like, this is a potential solution for me. Um, so I bought it. Um, so I was one of the, probably the first hundred people to ever use it besides the owner himself. And then fast forward to 2020, because he started asking, like, what features would you like? And I was like, well, now that I have the ear of the developer. um, And every now and then, they, you know, you tell them a feature you want. They give you the face. You know the face that programmers give you. That face that says, how am I going to disappoint you and tell you this is really hard, but still keep you as a friend? Um, So... That's also yeah. an engineer face. Yeah, it's. I call it. I call it the resting programmer face. It's just. It, it's. It. It's one of those. Things. So anyway. So um, fast forward to 2020. Um, Plotter. Um, uh, we kind of relaunched. Ryan Z came on board, and we started relaunching marketing. Um, with obviously the whole idea that if we had more than one developer, if we had an entire team, then we could move much faster and create features that people wanted because people would ask for features all the time, but it would just, it would take a tremendous amount of time for one person to develop these things. Um, So we ramped up our team and they said, Hey, 
you already do a lot of stuff for Plotter. You want to come on board and help us? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I had no idea what that was going to look like. And, you know, now I've been doing uh, edu the education lead for the past three years. I make videos, do webinars, do podcasts, um, write documentation, blog posts, yada, 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 basically based on like how, like how to use the software. So <laughs> you, You'll never need a, a true detective or a Pepe Sylvia board ever again is what you're saying. Oh, oh, please. <laughs> they were it was so bad and now i have a i have a rather large german shepherd and i can just picture him like knocking that over and my life just crumbling before my eyes so yeah just You're like i can uh, only do this so many times i know how many revisions i'll have uh, to do later yeah oh anyway yeah horrible <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to like bring up a terrible intrusive thought oh um, no i have a therapy session right after this sometime oh fantastic all right <laughs> Um, could you give me a general overview of the software, please? So the software itself, so what it looks like is basically like a corkboard, sort of like a digital corkboard. Um, so there's things called scene cards, which is basically like your note cards. You can put notes in them. But because it's digital, you can also add tags to them. You can add characters to tag the scenes, which you can then filter your outline by. So you can only look at certain things depending upon what you're doing with your writing. Mm -hmm. Um and so there, you can actually arrange what's called plot lines, which are basically like just a colored line that you put those scene cards on. And you can name those whatever you want, and you can have as many of them in your project as you like. Now, obviously, I have recommendations for how many you might not want that to be because, you know, things can get rather complex. And while you might have a beautiful plotter file, that's going to be a difficult book to write. But anyway, so, um, but then you can arrange your, stru your structure, whether you write in scenes or beats or chapters. Um, you can kind of arrange your structure. Um, and that's kind of the outlining portion of it. There's also an outline view that actually looks like an outline. You can still edit in it and stuff like that exactly like you can with a timeline with the scene cards. But um, it just looks more like a like a linear school outline type. Sort of, of a Scrivener sort of. Sort of, sort of a Scrivener-ish type um, thing, which... I tried to use Scrivener before. We can talk about that in a minute. Uh, for okay, outlining. Okay. I use it. I use it for writing. I do not use it for plotting and outlining. And there's there are many, many reasons for that. But anyway, um, but plotter, then the other aspect of it is the series Bible aspect of it, which was one of the very first things that I asked for. Um, and it includes three sections right now. We're actually expanding those sections, but one of them is notes, the other is characters and settings. So notes for me is just research anything that's not character or setting related, but something I want to know in that book. Um, you know, it, fantastic case studies of strychnine poisoning, for instance. Not Ooh. that, you know, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, I've got a fascinating thread this chemist wrote on Twitter. But anyway. Um, <laughs> nobody should show, nobody should look at a writer's search history. Let's just leave it at that. Well, no, actually, I talked to a guy actually who runs like the program that's like terrorist detection as a service. He said, I can't even tell you the name of the program, but his company invented it. And he said, trust me, if we figured out that you're searching for how to bludgeon someone to death with a frying pan on the internet, we probably know you have books on Amazon, so you're pretty safe. We can probably figure both of those things. There's probably some correlation. We can probably figure both of them out. Interesting. Anyway, so, you know, if you want to be a really good murderer, have books on Amazon and then search for the ways to... Anyway, um, <laughs> not that... Don't follow that advice. D double block. Yeah. Please don't kill uh, anyone. Disclaimer, please, disclaimer, disclaimer. Disclaimer, disclaimer here. Insert disclaimer here. Um, but... <laughs> So, um, so your research, but also your characters and your note and your settings, but you can do arrange those by book. 
by like by the book that they're in. Um, so you only have to look at the book that you're working on right now. But if you want to look back and see what color Susie's eyes were in book two, you can just do that too. So you can, there's just ways to move back and forth between all those things to visually look at your characters and settings. And that's how I use Plotter when I'm during the writing process. I have Plotter open on one screen, Scrivener open on another. If I need a fact about my character, I look to the other screen, then look back. And so I have this, this um, ability to see what I need to see without leaving my writing environment, which for me is super important. It keeps me focused, right? Yeah. Um, because I don't know about any other writers, but there's probably some other squirrels out there that notice something shiny in their when they look back in chapter two to see what color Susie's eyes were and suddenly I'm on Reddit and Quora and I have no idea how much time has passed. I'm covered in orange Cheeto dust and I haven't <laughs> written a word on my manuscript, right? So, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying is we, we as writers get distracted, right? My goal is to be as li little distracted as possible. And if I am distracted, at least make it my own fault, not the fault of the system that I've set up. <laughs> The, so authors, as as you know, have different approaches to the way they write or get work done. Um, some are plotting while others are pantsers, which I hate that term. But, but I heard um, Cameron use discovery writers, which I really liked. Um, but what what are some of the ways that different authors can use the software to fit their different writing personalities? So my argument with discovery writers is that you do plot. You just plot at a different time. Okay. So there are people that write what I call the zero draft or the discovery draft. I don't even count it as a first draft because what you're essentially doing is you're telling yourself the story and you're writing a very detailed outline. Okay, ah, that's, yeah. that's really what that draft is. The, the, now, the second time you look at this, hopefully, because this is the most efficient way to do it, is you're going to now plot that out. You're going to look at what you've written and say, okay, this is a story. It's probably a too long or too short, one of the two, depending on if you overwrite or underwrite. And it's probably fairly disorganized, mm -hmm. but it is a story. Mm -hmm. And now you can see, okay, well, what is the actual inciting incident in this story? Where does the story actually start? And you start to arrange that. That's called plotting. Okay. It's just done later. If you do that using the guidance of established story structures and you use a system to do that, what it does is it gives you distance from your writing. Summarize each scene, put it on a plot line, and then compare it to an established story structure. Now you can check your work and see how you did. How was my first draft? Spoiler alert, it's going to be terrible, no matter how many of them you've written. 30, <laughs> I, I tell people, 30 drafts in, right? 30 novels in, not more than, th way more than 30 drafts, but 30 novels in, right? Um, and in Nano, I wrote a horrible first draft. Okay. Give yourself permission to do that. It doesn't matter, right? You can always go back and revise it later. Your readers never have to read that. So it doesn't make any difference. Mm -hmm. So just do it, right? Just write it. Okay. So that's, that's first thing, but you just write it, get that done. And then you go through the revision process of looking at it and checking your work. Because even though I plan ahead of time, I still do that process when I'm done writing. Then I go back and check my work because oddly enough, even if I plan to write it this way, I didn't write it exactly that way. And I know I may be the only writer who does this, right? But uh, I yes, wander. I, yeah, just you, I wander. just you. <laughs> just me. It's only me, right? But I wander, right? So I go back and check my work. So most of the time, discovery writers, if they're going to use Plotter, they do it 
a few different ways. Either they kind of plot as they go. They just write their a summary of their scenes on a plot line as they go, and then they check their work when they're done. Or they wait until they're done with that draft, and then they just break apart their draft into various different scenes. Now, I use this with editing clients, too. If you come to me and be one of my editing clients, and you don't have a plotter file, by the time I'm done with my first read-through, you do now. Because then I can point to it visually, even if you don't have plotter, I can get you on Zoom, share my screen, point to it visually and say, that is a plot hole. Ah, and the hole is literally you, there. How can you deny that? Like you're looking at it visually and the hole is literally there. Or I look at it and I say, what is the goal, motivation, conflict in this scene? It's a scene that you wrote yourself to explain the story to yourself. And that's fantastic. But I didn't need to read it, and neither do your readers. So we don't need to go in and correct grammar and punctuation in that. We just toss it out before we do that process, right? Yeah. So I tell people, I most of the time I tell my clients, you need to get plotter. And the reason is you will save more money in my time that you're not paying me for than you will spend on plotter mm -hmm. if I'm going to edit your work for you. Because we can work through some of these early stages without ever touching your manuscript. Mm -hmm. So that we can figure out what do we actually need to edit here and then work on that, then put it in order and then work on that um, rather than doing it the opposite way. Um, it's much more interactive. It's much faster. It's more efficient, but it's more efficient for you as writer, too, in your initial rewriting process. Um, so there's that. There's also one guy I encountered who plots his novels in chunks, what I call chunk plotting. Okay. He plots yeah. the first 10,000 words then kind of knows where he's going at the end of that one. So he plots the next 10,000 and then the next 10,000 and the next 10,000 until he's done at the end. Um, I've met people that plot their work backwards. They know Ooh. the end and then they plot their plot points as they write along because it kind of creates a roadmap for them to the end. So they know the end, but they don't know the middle part, but they, as they write, they plot that as they go. Um, so they're not pure discovery writers. They're not pure plotters. They're kind of that planster type people that some people call it. Mm -hmm. um, whatever you want to call that particular thing. It, it, to me, it's just you plot as you go. You plot right. as you're working along, um, which is the way I started. Like initially, I was a discovery writer, found out this is not working really well for me because if I don't know where I'm going, I wander even more. So I had to back off of that and plan in the last half of my novels. So, yeah. you know, but that's how I started. That's how I changed. Yeah. As someone who mostly worked uh, and works in nonfiction, I definitely need an outline to be able to do anything. Even now uh, that I'm writing more fiction, my brain still works like that. So would mm -hmm. you say that this is a good software for a nonfiction writer? Oh, yeah. I've, I've got two nonfiction books planned in it right now. You just have to. So we're working on some new templates for that. But you just have to think in different terminology because nonfiction is still so. Let's say you're writing historic, nonfiction, historical, or memoir. It's still a story. Still needs story structure. Mm -hmm. Sorry, people are writing a memoir that's just a list of events that have happened in your life. Boring. Okay. <laughs> just, just spoiler you're alert. So you need brave. to have a theme. <laughs> you need to have a theme, and you need to have a story. Well, yeah, because I'm a ghostwriter, right? So I have people approach me that are like, "I want you to write my story," and I say, some of them, I say, "No." I say, "Come back when you have a story." You don't have a story. You have a series of interesting events that have happened in your life, but there's no theme. If we look at commercially successful memoir, there is a theme. You know, I'm working with a guy right now that there is a definite theme, and the, we are covering a section of his life. We're not covering his whole life because not all of his life fits the theme, right? right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So we're leaving that part out. So anyway, that, that's my harp on memoir past that. Um, but nonfiction as well, there's a structure to a nonfiction book where you're going to tell people what you're going to tell them and you're going to explain their problem and pain points. It sounds kind of like the first plot point in a novel a little bit. Yeah. You know, like here is your problem and this is what you need to do to solve it. And in the middle part is your journey to solve it. And at the end, this is the, the beautiful solution I have helped create for you. Um, right. That type yeah. of thing. So it's still a story. It's a hero's journey that is a that you're letting the reader create their own hero's journey with a set of instructions in yep. some ways. So so um, I wonder how much Donald Miller would charge you to, to use that template. <laughs> yeah, there are some templates like that. There's there's some templates that we have in Plotter that have um, either been. Uh, reader suggestions or that the people have created them and said here you may have it you may put this in your software because it, in a lot of ways it drives people back to look at the original material i don't tell you to use the romancing the beat um in plotter without going and looking at the romancing the beat book right right yeah because you're you might get it sort of right mm -hmm. but you're gonna miss some stuff there's some you know same thing with story circle and all those different things is you need to go back to the source material because that's really where the meat is. We're just giving you a basic guideline, mm -hmm. right? So for most people, they're like, yeah, we want you, you can use our template because they understand I'm going to encourage people to go back and read their original material. I don't want people just to, this isn't a replacement for their book, right. but there are some people that have said, no, you can't use my templates in plotter. And we said, that's fine. It's your, your material. Thank you very much. Right. You know? So to be specific, the there is a place in Plotter where you can open up a template that will give you um, either you can write from blank and do everything yourself, or you can create it from Romancing the Beat, for example, and there's just right. a big list to choose from. Um, I'm yeah. doing the sample. I love this. I'm yeah. going to buy it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's little summaries on each of the cards that are here with romancing the beat but yeah the um i've noticed that with every template there's the little icon in the corner where it takes you to the sales page for whatever book or like the blog page for whoever came up with that system yep um, exactly yeah. well and you can you can make your own templates also in plotter so for example we cannot have a save the cat template in plotter because of copyright issues however there may be a video on YouTube with a guy named Troy that teaches you how to make your own Save the Cat template. So she said no. <laughs> so, well, no, actually, so this is really interesting. Jessica Brody is a plotter user. Okay, um, yeah. And, yeah. And I have done a couple different webinars with her recently, right? I love Jessica, right? But okay. she is not... The Save the Cat is Blake Schneider and his descendants. It's their oh, property. Right, it's a whole it's right, company. So she has an association with them, an agreement with them to write Save the Cat Writes a Novel. And her new book that's coming out in the, in the summer, which is Save the Cat Writes a YA Novel, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's coming out this summer. So she has an agreement with them to write those books, but she does not own the template of Save the Cat itself. Okay. So... Jessica cannot give me permission. It has to come from above her pay grade, gotcha. essentially. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so so we are a hundred percent 
in favor of people creating their own templates for whatever method they would like to use. There's actually a really cool save the cat method called 15 into 40. Um, if you haven't heard of it, you can go watch my video. Or you can go look that up on YouTube or whatever you want, or not YouTube. The guy has a blog. I think it's a big, long blog post about it, but it's 15. called 15, 15 into 40. And it talks about creating 40 scene cards out of the 15 beats of save the cat so that you balance. It helps you balance your percentages properly of your story. Um, yeah. Super cool method. I like it. Um, you know, so it it's fun. Uh, but one of the ones we have is the Sluice Journey, which I created. It's just a modification of the Hero's Journey for Mysteries. Cool. But I just gave it to Plotter, so, you know, I, I didn't hold any, you know, great rights over their head or anything like that. So, you know. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're getting a lot of joy out of this, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I get plenty out of I get plenty of trade out of it. Yeah. All right. Um, so would you say that people have to spend a lot of time learning the platform before they can actually use it? Or is it something that's easy to just kind of dive into? No, it's actually fairly easy to dive into. Um, and I tell people, just start simple. Like, open it up, look at the plot lines, and start to put little cards on it. Just play with it a little bit. Um, if you want to play with the templates, absolutely, you can. You know, whatever you're comfortable with with software. But just allow yourself to kind of ease into it. Start simple and go to complex from there. Um, we have tons of tutorials, tons of videos on YouTube, tons of documentation that'll teach you how to do it. So if you if you're into that type of thing, either reading or videos or whatever you need to go through instructions, there's plenty of instruction. But I also tell people just because the features there doesn't mean you have to use it. So there's some things that are like people create these beautiful plotter files with all these advanced features on them and things like that. Right. And that's wonderful. It makes my heart happy. But what makes me happier is to see that you find a way to use Plotter as part of your process and you get your first draft done. So show me your beautiful Plotter file and your finished first draft. Make me a very, very happy guy. Just your Plotter file makes me only so happy until you've created a book from it. It's you like know. people um, people meeting me who spend so much time on their to-do list when they're wanting to procrastinate. It's like, let me make this beautiful outline file here. I yes, feel like this I'm is working. called... This is called plot procrastination. <laughs> this is what I call it. And what it means is, and I often encounter this in book coaching, and here's what's here's what's one of the biggest issues is people are afraid. They're afraid of messing this book up. It's their passion project, and they're terrified that if they start writing it, somehow they're going to mess it up. And I tell them, well, here's the spoiler for you. You are. In the first draft, you're going to mess it up. And it's okay. You just have to be okay with that. And then we can go back and work through it in the second draft. But if you spend two years plotting your novel, first of all, the plot is going to be a mess. And here's why. No matter what you write, no matter what genre you write, almost without exception, there are some exceptions. We won't even talk about them. But um, most writers write from the heart, right? Now, if yes. how much has your heart changed Let's just pretend 2020 actually was a disaster that happened. How much has your heart changed between 2020 and now? That's a painful question. I understand that, <laughs> and I understand it makes people uncomfortable. And I'm actually okay with that because it makes me uncomfortable. Yep. But because it's like if you're plotting an outline over two years, your heart has changed dramatically over that two years. If you take five years to write a book, your heart has changed dramatically over that five years. So when you go back to edit that first chapter, you're editing something that someone else wrote. Right, right. Absolutely. It's not you anymore. 
Um, and so some people, they're breaking my heart on it, quite honestly, because there are so many people out there that tell me they have a book in them and 2% of those people write a book. 2%. How, um, do, you, how do you know? That's a national big. survey. Okay. Well, national survey. <laughs> I will. I should preface that with according to a national survey. Um, <laughs> I'll take your which, word for that. I guess <laughs> which may or may not be. It may not be. May or may not be a hundred percent accurate. You know what I mean? But it's it's very, very, very small. It's statistically significant enough to say. And the other thing I know is that inevitably you walk into a party and this probably and you say they go, "What do you do for a living?" And I'm a, I'm a writer. I write things for a living. And they go. Oh my God! I have this amazing idea for a book. Would you like to write it for me? As if this is just something I can just go, sure, I'll whip that out for you. No problem. They go, I'll split the royalties with you 50-50. Thanks, man. Um, that's great. But no, no. Um, and the reason is they feel like they have the story that they need to get out of them, but they have no idea how to get it from here into something that's a novel like. And this right. is where my all my preaching about the education that it takes to be a novelist come in. And I don't mean college. In fact, most of the time I mean, please don't go to college to be a novelist. Um, I don't always talk to MFAs, but when I do, I order a venti. Um, I, <laughs> and I know that's I, I kind of hate that joke, but like, it's fine. <laughs> I know. I hate that joke too, because in some ways there are some MFA, MFA programs that are good. And I don't want to take away from people that have MFAs and have learned their writing craft extremely well. But usually you have not learned much about the business of writing unless you have learned that outside of school. Absolutely. And there's a whole rounded education that you need to be a novelist. And you have probably missed part of that. And that's, yeah. You may not have, and I, I, so as much, all joking aside, you may not have, but you usually are not getting the return on investment from your college degree that you should. And it is through no fault of your own. Right. And it right. is through no fault of your own. Um, so now sometimes people are, so I, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's just kind of, it's one of those running jokes because it's kind of, I mean, it's rough. I'm like, you can get this education somewhere else, but you're going to have to work at it. Like there's yeah. a large amount of work and education that goes into it. Yeah. So there's um, that long yeah. lead time where you're getting better at it, where you're going to make zero money and put in like hours and hours and hours and hours of time. Yeah. <sighs> lots of it. Yeah. Lots and lots. Anyway. Um, okay. So it's easy to use. <laughs> yeah. So it's easy to use. That was like this wrong roundabout to get to the fact that it's it's actually very easy and intuitive to learn and use and um it, like you can just go in and start playing with it and figure out a lot of it but if you're if you have trouble you're not as digital savvy or whatever you've been i mean there's there's answers for you mm -hmm. we'll put it that way and videos and tutorials yeah. and mm -hmm. cool so how does plotter interact with scrivener for example or other um pieces of software that authors might be using so you can export your your plot from which is basically going to come out in outline form from Plotter to Scrivener and to Word, either one. So most other writing programs, if you're not using Word, will translate a Word file. Right. Um, so that most of the pr programs out there will take a Word file and you can do whatever you want with it. Um, although I highly recommend that people become familiar with Word and certain aspects of it because, hey, this is the publishing and editing industry, and that's the standard right now. For there some, are some reason. <laughs> there are some interesting new software options coming out there that I'm very excited about. But 
right now that's the standard for editing and publishing is word right yeah. because microsoft okay um <laughs> but you can export to scrivener you can also import from scrivener now now it has to be in a certain format to import from scrivener if you use the scrivener novel with parts it will not import properly because plotter doesn't know what to do with the parts yet and again this is a coding thing but like i can't tell you why that is i can just tell you it works that way so it'll export it'll import but it'll import in kind of a, your scene cards won't land where you think where you would like them to land um but if you use the novel template um that's just with chapters or the nano template that came out with this year those ones will import directly into plotter and so it'll import the heading um of your in the inspector if you're familiar with scrivener in the inspector the heading of that little card and what you've written in there is a summary it will import those into plotter so essentially, when you're done, you can check your work by importing that into Plotter, putting it on a plot line. So if you've written your summaries in there as you go along, as you write, um, then it'll it makes your revision process even easier because you just import the file you've already created. Um, okay. So, yeah, and that's how it interacts right now. There are some other interesting integrations on the horizon. Um, we can't import from Word because Microsoft doesn't share their API with little people like us. Yeah. So importing from Word would be a problem because somehow we would also have to establish the type of formatting you'd have to use to just import your scene summaries and not your whole document. It would mm. do weird things to Plotter right now. Uh, selfishly, so. what's the any plans for Google Docs in the future? I don't think directly. I think it's it's kind of the docx still the docx yeah. transfer to Google Docs, which I'm not I'm not a huge fan of, and I'm not a huge fan of editing in Google Docs simply because of the legacy coding that it leaves when you transfer it back to Word. Yeah, there there are some from from a formatting because I also do formatting and editing from a formatting standpoint. It can things can get kind of ugly depending upon how you have formatted your Google Doc. Um, so I until but that's partly part of the reason is Microsoft again. Like Google Docs does not have a perfect translate to Microsoft Word because Microsoft doesn't let it. They don't want you to use Google Docs. They want you to use Word. Um, so there there are some solutions on the horizon. Atticus is one that I'm super excited about. Um, I think there's some really cool stuff happening with that because there's some ways that Plotter can integrate directly with it. Um, and there's some editing options in Atticus that I actually, they're trying to make it very word-like in your ability to do edits. And okay. if they do that, they they will have a convert. When they, when they reach that level of things, they will have a convert for sure because I'm not, again, this is kind of, Microsoft is kind of like Amazon. We're not all big fans of the company, but I mean, it's easy to get embedded. It's the gorilla. It's the gorilla in the room, right? I'm like, yeah. I don't like Amazon all that much, but 85% of my royalties come from Amazon. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Am I going to text Jeff and say, hey, man, I don't like your what you're doing right now? No, it's not going to happen. First of all, I don't have his number. Second of all, I'm way too small fry for that. And it, it's not going to make any difference, right? So we just live within the ecosystem we're in until a new ecosystem emerges, which are some exciting ones emerging. Right. That's another whole other thing. Um, so anyway, so that's how Plotter integrates with software, at least right now. There are plans on the horizon for it to integrate, for other ways for it to integrate with software of various types. So. Excellent. Um, are there any projects where you don't think Plotter would be suitable? 
I no, I think that is very rare. That would be a very rare instance. In other words, like I tell people short stories, for instance, we have the Lester Dent formula as one of our templates. Um, he said every time he followed that formula, he sold a story, right? Whatever story he created with that, he sold every single one of them. Um, I believe it. It's a very simple and very powerful pulp fiction formula. And if you think about pulp fiction right now, um, the pulps, uh, that's Kindle Vela and Radish. So welcome everyone to, you know, the 1960s. Um, we're, <laughs> we're pumping out novels that are selling for a quarter and not making much on them. But if you sell enough of them, you know, it, it anyway. I so have, um, I have complaints about Kindle Vela, but um, that's also a yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, we so, yeah, I could come back and we could do an entire podcast <laughs> on complaints. Well, pros, cons and complaints about Kindle Vela. We could just yeah. call it that and we could spend an hour on it. No, no big deal. But that's not this particular podcast. But anyway, um, so but so there are very few projects that I would say just won't work with Plotter. The other thing is that I've used Plotter for all kinds of things. I've made a writing schedule in Plotter. I've made a marketing schedule in Plotter. Whoa. It's a Kanban board. I've made an email schedule in Plotter. Uh, yeah, it I've just is, used it isn't as, it? I've just used it as a Kanban board. That's not what it is for those <laughs> okay. of you who are like listening and you're like, it's a Kanban. I can just use Basecamp. No. No, no, it's not the same thing, but I, it's a way that I used it. Okay, right, so, right. not to confuse anyone. but I'm because not you trying can to make, gotcha you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, because you can make the plot lines as different things that you do. Like, this is my regular email list. This is my book release. This is my promo things that I'm doing. This is this. And then you just put your months across the top, stack in whatever things that you're doing. And then what I do is I create a set of attributes um, custom attributes in that scene card that I fill out for each thing. That's like my ROI. If I did a, a email exchange, like how many uh, email subscribers did I get from this exchange? And then I give it a rating. That's my own rating system of one to five. Was it good? Was it bad? And then, so then I can got, look back at that information. So you've got all your your stories, your schedules, and your KPIs in Plotter. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's incredible. Okay, well, that's yeah. a lot of, that's very useful. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, it's probably kind of mind blowing to people that look at it initially, but like I have a, a role for plotter in every part of my writing process, because it's, it's kind of like a Swiss army knife, I can make it, if I can make it do what I want for that part of the process, then I do that. So I use it for the planning process, I use it during the writing process, and I use it in revision all to make myself more efficient. It's all about efficiency. That's all it is. It's 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 a way to make myself faster and better at what I do. And that, that's my goal. I mean, you know, so that's it. <laughs> um, so what's like some of your favorite, maybe little Easter egg or um, fun uh, things that Plotter can do? Oh, so probably one of my favorite favorites is so there's a couple things that I do when you put it in the outline view mm -hmm. you can actually filter by plot line so like my latest yeah. book teaching moments has two separate plot lines that are very distinct one of them's kind of a subplot but it's a confession that someone's making we don't know who it is we don't know who they're confessing to until the very end and then the other one is the straight mystery story right but for those two to work together they had to like the timing of things had to kind of coincide like inciting incidents the different things that were try fails things that were happening along the way kind of had to coincide so i made both of those with plotter and then they come together at the end then what i do is i pop into the outline form and i filter by plot line and i look at one plot line at a time mm. 
and I spot plot holes in that plot line. So I say, if the other plot line did not exist, does this plot line make sense? So you can do that with your characters too. You can put a character plot line there and you can say, does this character's arc and journey make sense? If the rest of the book was not here, does this part make sense? If it doesn't, well, there's probably a few little little things of work that you can do to make that happen and just make your story better. Like, no one may notice that there's a little skip in your character arc there. Maybe not. But if you put it in, they will notice because it'll feel the book will feel better to them. Readers will say they, they don't know what's wrong. They will just say something feels off about this part of your book or this part of the book really hit me hard. And but they don't know why that is. But you can conscientiously as a writer do that, especially in the revision process, go through and just make sure you're hitting everything that your reader is going to expect. And they come out going, that was great. And they don't know why, but you hit all your beats. So that's one of the things I use. I use tags to do that as well on the timeline area um, mm -hmm. for pacing. I basically, I'm honest with myself about each scene. How is this paced? Is it slow, fast, medium? If I have three slow scenes in a row, you know, when I filter for that, then I'm like, ah, that's not going to work for a thriller. You know, go yeah. fix that, figure it out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That is, that is very useful. Tags are just a gift. Oh, they're, <laughs> oh, I, I could go on. They're so amazing because you can do any level of organization you want to add. You can do with tags, right? That you yes. haven't added with something else. But using it for things like pacing or for like your editing stage or different things like that allows you to get a visual viewpoint of like, where am I in this process or how is my pacing or is you can label proactive and reactive scenes and see what your mix is, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and it can do some beautiful things for you. Like I say, especially in the revision process, you might not plan all that out ahead of time. But as you're revising, if you tag those things and you're honest with yourself, you can turn in a much cleaner manuscript to your editor. They're going to like you more. You're going to spend less money on the on your editor, and they're going to want to work with you again. So, yep. And and that is that is one of the invisible important things when you're writing that you might not think of right away. It's like, does my editor like me? <laughs> <laughs> um. So what are uh, what are the goals for Plotter in 2023? Um, so there's actually, there's some cool things coming up that's like a more advanced world building um, type scenario where basically it has more than just characters and settings, but like um, places to develop your magic system, places to put objects. You can do that now in your notes section, but it's not as um, as robust as it probably could be. And of course, this is kind of something that like historical writers and fantasy writers and stuff like that are looking for something that's a little more robust like this. Um, and also the ability to add a chronological timeline that's kind of separate from your regular plot lines. So that if you're doing a historical, even if you jump around in history, you can have something there that tells you the actual order of events that happened. Um, oh. Which you could do with any story, but for historical specifically, um, it's super, super useful. Um, it's useful for some of my mysteries, too. Usually there's a timeline, there's a time frame. Mm -hmm. And if I just know where I'm at on that time frame, that's useful. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's all kinds of uses for it. But um, So those are some of the cooler things coming up. Probably some more plot templates as well um, as we develop these as we go along. 
The other thing is we've developed a community. So there's a community template feature right now where let's say you make what you think is the greatest mystery template ever, right? You can put it in that community template section and share it with your friends. Oh, so you can yeah. share so you can share it with other users. And if other users like it enough, I mean, you, know, you get all kinds of upvotes, all the kind of stuff like that, kind of that. Um, but that's going to develop into more of an actual community. So you don't have to go to Facebook. We have a really active Facebook group. But some people hate the Facebook um, for the various reasons, which not it's another thing I'm not a big fan of, but I, I'm out there. I'm on there. Um, so unusable right now. but <laughs> And, and uh, yeah. And the Twitter is kind of fun right now. It's fun watching Elon Musk <laughs> set $44 billion on fire. Oh, my um, God. But I'm not I'm sure. so much fun and so sad. Uh, so sad. Yeah, I'm not sure how long it's going to be a viable network. Um, but right. it's fun right now to kind of watch the dumpster fire and wonder what's going to happen next. But, yeah, I mean, you know, so um, anyway, so those are some of the things that are coming. Um, there's probably other things as well um, that I don't even, that I may not even know about. Um, but one of my goals for Plotter always is, so as the education lead, I want to teach people how to use Plotter, right? But this right. is a writing tool. It's a tool that is in your toolbox to enable you to write. Um, so as I've said before, I want you to finish your first draft. And the way you do that is you find what I call your and then. So if you go to YouTube and you go to the, there's a YouTube channel on our YouTube channel called Thursdays with Troy. It's a okay. bunch of interviews by a guy named Troy that happened on Thursdays. Stretch. <laughs> I know. Stretch. Hey, that's today. That's today. It's a stretch, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there's all kinds of interviews of authors, right? But the most important words they use in those interviews is and then. They say, I started with this in Plotter and then. Or I started with this template and then. Okay, The and then is how you personalized it and made it work for you. The most important words you will ever say with Plotter when you talk to me is, and then. You come up to me at a conference or whatever, say, Troy, I started with this in Plotter, and then, and here's my finished manuscript. That will make me happier than anything. So my goal for the next year is to just help more and more people find their and then, whatever that looks like. And then you told us where you were on the internet for us to find you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was good. That was good. This whole thing's been good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So um the easiest way to find plotter is obviously um start with our website, www.plotter.com, P-L-O-T-T-R.com. Spelled plotter, P-O-L-P-L-O-T-T-R.com. I can't even spell it right. It's plotter with no E. Plotter with no E, right? Um, so yeah, go to plotter.com, but you can look for us on YouTube. You can look for us on Facebook. Um, you can find me. I tell you if you want to find my stuff, um, troylambertwrites.com or just Google Troy Lambert. And if I don't come up, your internet service is down and you need to get that fixed. And then once Google comes back up again and it's working, you will find me by typing my name into Google. Um, so, <laughs> you have worked very hard on that SEO and you should and reap the benefits. <laughs> I'm actually teaching a class about author SEO in February. But anyway, yeah. um, that's a whole different free commercial, but a whole different story. But um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I'm all over the place, all over the web. So if you can't find me, you're, you're probably spelling my name wrong or not looking or something like that, so. Um, right. But yeah, and same thing with Plotter, actually. I mean, we're all over the place. We've been on all kinds of podcasts and stuff like that. But if you start with our website, that's the easiest way to, to get started with the software. There's the free trial version that you were talking about. Yeah. We also have a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you if you try Plotter 
and you just hate it for whatever reason, first of all, tell us why you hated it because we'd love to know so that we can try to work on that. Um, and then, or maybe it's just not the right software for you. That it is, it is actually possible that it's not going to work for everyone. Um, that's, I know that's an amazing fact, but um, <laughs> it's very brave <laughs> of you to admit that. It, 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 yeah, Proud, I mean, it's just it's it's a tool, right? It's a tool, and so it's not for everyone. But I mean, try it for thirty days. If you don't like it, just email support at plotter.com. Say, hey man, that guy named Troy led me totally astray. I want my money back, and you know we're, <laughs> we're happy to do that. Um, it's, uh, you know, but no, it, it's, um, we're very flexible, um, with that type of thing because we want you to be successful. We want you to be successful as an author. And that's, that's my primary thing is I want you to finish that first draft and find success, whatever that means to you. Um, so yeah. All right. And so I will be linking all of these various, uh, places to find you and plotter on our website, hybridpubscout.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter still at hybrid pub scout and on Instagram at hybrid pub scout pod. Um, that's, that's all I got. Give us a, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. And um, Troy, that was so much fun. Thanks for coming on. Yes, that was a blast. Thank you very much for having me. All right. And thanks for giving a rip about books. <laughs>